Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. If this rabbi, Jesus of Nazareth, called you, it means you already have everything you need for right now. I'll give you the rest in time. I just don't know what he sees in me. He's a religious teacher, and I know very little about religion. From what I understand, Jesus doesn't love everything about religion. Matthew, what you think you know, it doesn't matter. Only that Jesus chose you. That's where your confidence comes from now. I know he knows what he's doing. Just wish I did. Skip that at Hebrew school at eight. I think you'll catch on. Here's an easy one. If somebody asks you to tell a joke, tell them you have a vegetable joke, but it's corny. We'll work on it. So I can relate to Philip there because that's the face that Daniel always gives me when I try to tell a joke. Just, But I can also sympathize with Matthew here. And there are times where you feel inadequate or maybe your life is not going the way that you planned. Maybe you're at rock bottom and you're wondering what good can possibly come out of this situation. Our friend Nathaniel might say, what good can come out of Nazareth? So I want to share with you today kind of how I got to be here. So let's bow our heads. Dear Lord, this is your story. Please help everyone to open their hearts and their minds to you today. Amen. So if you don't know me, my name is Carla, and I work with the high schoolers here at Whole Life. They're a rowdy crew, as you can tell. We love them. But church work was never in my plan. Being a pastor's kid who was forced to be up front, I really did not even consider this as a possibility for me. My plan, I feel like I actually executed relatively well. I knew in high school that I wanted to be a physical therapist, so I went to the best Adventist college, Pacific Union College, and um, I applied to only one PT school, and that was probably not smart, but thankfully I got in. I finished school, got my dream job. Along the way, I got married. Since I mentioned I got my dream job, maybe I should also say I got my dream guy. Um, But honestly, it makes me a little nauseous to say that out loud, so let's just move on from that. (laughs) Anyways, life was going great. And there was a bump in the road for Daniel and I. And so if you don't know, I haven't always been in this chair. It's been about five years now. And if you want to know more about that, feel free to come up and talk to us, or there's a sermon that we did a few years ago. But to keep it short, the life that I had prior to my injury was gone. And there were parts that remained, but much of it changed drastically. And I hit my personal rock bottom. And I had moments like Nathaniel did in this scene. 
Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. Do not hide your face from me. Do you see me? Do you see me? Can anyone relate? I know that I've had my fair share of moments when I've cried out to God. You know, you hear in the Bible of people tearing their clothes and putting sackcloth and ashes on their head, and we actually see Nathaniel do this in this episode. And it was an act of sorrow for the loss of his dreams. And in modern English, we would say that he hit rock bottom. But in Jewish culture, they actually use the word dust instead of rocks. And it references that God created man out of dust, and it's the principle that you cannot become something until you become nothing. And the idea of failure and hitting rock bottom is oftentimes when grace can break through into our lives. So grace broke through for me. I didn't know it then, but when I got a call from Jeff Sinkamani, and at the time I was working for Avent Health, but I wasn't treating patients anymore. I was doing more admin type work and helping with projects. And so that wasn't fulfilling for me. I got into PT because I wanted to help improve the quality of life in a real physical and tangible way but that's not what I was doing anymore. So Jeff asked if I was interested in youth ministry. Their person was retiring and they just needed somebody to step in for the summer until they filled the position. And even though he was asking for a part-time temporary position, I was very hesitant. Like I mentioned before, I did not want to do church work, but I also didn't feel qualified at all to do this. So I told Jeff, I need the weekend to think and pray about it, because for me, this was taking a step away from something that I worked hard and paid a lot of money to achieve. And so I wasn't ready to abandon PT yet. So that weekend, my dad and I were actually headed to California for my grandpa. Um, he had passed away due to complications of COVID. And I told God that I needed a sign. I needed him to show me rainbows. And it was, the deal was rainbows of any kind. It could be somebody saying the word, it could be a poster, whatever it may be. And so of course I envisioned as we're like ascending in the airplane, right? That there'd be this huge rainbow. Or if we were at the graveside service, there'd just be this picturesque rainbow over all of us. Something that was gonna be so clear that I would know for sure that that's what God wanted me to do. And the first rainbow I saw was on a bumper sticker. And I thought, is that a bumper sticker or is that a sign? <laughs> and then the second rainbow I saw was just a, a business that had rainbow colors on it. And I was like, mm, not really what I had envisioned. But that wasn't the deal. The deal was a rainbow of any kind. But then when we were in the airplane, we were ready to go home, we saw this. And I looked out the window. This is actually from the window of our plane. 
And this is a Menzies Aviation. And if you look this up online, their background is actually typically blue in the back. But this one particularly had rainbows. And I don't know that this would have like, been a lot for me, except that when I got home, I tried to find this. And I scoured the internet trying to find the Menzies Av Aviation with the rainbow background. And I couldn't find it anywhere, which was strange to me. Maybe I'm using the wrong search engines or keywords. Those of you who are detectives, don't come at me. But it was strange to me that I couldn't find it. So then I was like, okay, this is what God wants me to do. So I agreed to be the youth director for the summer. Summer went well, and then towards the end, Ken asked, would you want to do this in a full-time capacity? And I freaked out a little bit, not going to lie. Because at the time, I was working part-time for both Advent Health and Whole Life. So I still had one foot in the PT world. But this was asking me to fully commit to ministry. So I asked God to show me again. Show me rainbows again. And they started showing up everywhere. So first, it was just like little things on my phone or in my environment. But then my friend Emily asked me if I wanted to go to Hawaii with her. And um, I want to be a good friend to my friends. <laughs> and so I said, fine, Emily, I will go with you to Hawaii. And the first thing that happened in Hawaii was actually this. So this is a bird pooped on me. <laughs> but then a lady walked by and she was holding this purse. And then a car pulled up, and I saw the license plate. Now, I'm not sure if this is common knowledge, but Hawaii's license plate has a rainbow on it. So being in Hawaii, after asking for a sign like this, was like a slap in the face. We saw thousands of rainbows that week. Every car that we drove by, signs, advertisements, everywhere we looked were rainbows. So there was no doubt in my mind that this is what God wanted me to do. So when I got back, before I let the staff know, I took the high schoolers on a day trip. We go down to Wesley Chapel to Epperson Lagoon, and this is them. And while we were there, I actually saw a cart that had a license plate with a rainbow on it. And when I got back from Hawaii, I already knew what God wanted me to do. But when I saw this, I just had this peace that God was going to help me transition into this position. And it was his way of saying, Carla, I know that you're scared and you don't feel adequately prepared for this. But I've given you all that you need and I will give you the rest in time. Carla, I see you and you are enough. Now, I am aware of something called the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon or frequency illusion, which is the experience of or learning of or encountering something for the first time and then very soon after encountering it, it again, often in multiple places. So this is why when you want a new car, you start seeing it everywhere. It's almost like you find what you're looking for. So I want to do a little experiment with you guys. I want you guys to look around the room and look for everything that is blue. Notice everything around you that is blue and memorize it. 
Now, for those of you who are wearing blue today, it might be a little awkward for you. I wore black on purpose. Ken wore blue on purpose. So now I want you guys to close your eyes. And I want you to recall everything you saw that was blue and imagine it. Visualize it and see it. Now open your eyes and tell me everything you saw that was red. It's not so easy, is it? It was right there, but you didn't see it. It's not that it didn't exist, it's that you weren't looking for it and you weren't noticing it. And I wonder what our view of the world would be if we were constantly looking for God and the good in others more than we were looking for evil or the not so great parts of those around us. But that's hard. It's hard to do that sometimes. It's hard to look for the good. So how do we do that? If any of you have worked with forging metal, you know that when you put the metal into the forge, it starts to take on the character of the fire. Outside of the fire, the metal is cold and it's dark and it's hard. But as soon as it gets close to the fire, it begins to warm and soften. It even begins to glow and eventually it's difficult to tell the difference between the metal and the fire because they both burn bright orange. Now when you take the metal away, it starts to grow cold and turns gray again. And it isn't until you put it back in the fire that it begins to glow. And I think it's the same with us. We are all capable of immense change. But it isn't, it's only when we are close to Jesus that we mimic and adopt the properties of him. And that's when we begin to see Jesus everywhere. And this is the revelation that Jacob had in Genesis 28. As he's traveling to his homeland, he stops for the night. And in verse 12, it says, as he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven. He saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. And he goes on to talk about the land and his descendants. And then in verse 15, he says, What's more, I am with you, and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. Then Jacob woke up from his sleep and he said, surely the Lord was in this place and I wasn't even aware of it. This whole rainbow experience was eye-opening for me, but I think that God's been giving me signs all along, but just like Jacob, I didn't notice them. Now, if you have trouble hearing this story, you might say, Carla, I'm really glad for you. I'm glad that God spoke to you in a really real way, but I've asked God for things that I've never heard from him. So if that's you, I want to tell you something else that happened when I was in Hawaii. After my injury, I can't explain why, I just had this feeling that I wasn't going to recover, that I was always going to be in a wheelchair. And so I tried to look forward at things that I could do in a wheelchair, and I tried to make the best of the hand that I was dealt. And that doesn't mean that I didn't have super low moments, because I did but I really tried hard to not stay in that place. And so several weeks before Hawaii, I decided to take a 40-day prayer journey because I had realized that I had never asked God to heal me. So for 40 days, every day, I asked God to heal me completely. 
And that 40 days ended while I was in Hawaii. And on day 39, I wondered to myself, what if God does heal me? Do I leave my wheelchair here? Do I take it back with me? But clearly that prayer was not answered. And of course, I was disappointed. But sometimes we get so focused on one thing. Whereas if I was focused on the miracle of being healed and walking again, I would have missed the thousands of rainbows and signs that God was telling me, you are enough. I see you and I am here all around you. I had a good portion of this sermon done a few weeks ago and I asked a few people to give me feedback on it. And one of the people asked me, why is this message of being enough so important to you? Have you always felt this way? Does this have anything to do with your wheelchair? And I did not want this sermon to be about my wheelchair. I think I wanted to prove that being in a wheelchair has nothing to do with it. But the reality is the topic of being enough very much has to do with feeling less than. People in marginalized groups oftentimes have to continually prove themselves and prove their worth. And I will do things that take me 10 times longer or 10 times the effort than if I just asked for help. And it's because I want to prove to others and maybe even more so prove to myself that I can do it and that I am enough. In a lot of areas, whether it be sports, school, your job, you are based, you are, um, your value is based on your performance and what you do, which has problems in and of itself, I know that, but society tells me before they even know my name that I am less than, not based on my contributions or the things that I do, but that I inherently have less value because I have to use wheels for legs right now. When I was in Atlanta at Shepherd Center, which is a spinal cord injury hospital, people always talked about a shepherd bubble, that when I left, it was gonna be a huge adjustment. And they were referring to the fact that the entire facility is created to be fully accessible to people in wheelchairs. But I think what makes it even more of a bubble were the people that were there, because every patient on my floor had a spinal cord injury. All the patients, the family, the staff, we all had a general idea of what each other were going through. And it's the only place that I've been where people don't do double takes of seeing somebody in a wheelchair. It was completely normal there. It was like we belonged exactly as we were. And that's what I think it truly means to be a place without walls. And we have a lot of work to do in this area, but I'm proud to be part of a church that makes it their vision to be a church without walls. Think about what your life would be like if you actually believed that you are enough. What anxieties and fears would you let go of if nothing you ever did made you any more less than or more worthy of affection? And I think that's why this song that the band is gonna sing is special to me because I heard somebody say to flip this song and think of it as Jesus saying to you that you are enough.
So today where it says Jaira, try to insert your name there and see if it feels different for you to hear Jesus say your name and you are enough. Forever enough, always enough, more than enough, exactly as you are. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening and have a great week.